It's Wild Weekly on the fan. Pass it from Kaprizov, Johnson scores! Now here to talk about the Minnesota Wild and the NHL. From the Wild, Kevin Falness, And from the fan, Brandon Molesky. Hey, good evening. Welcome to KFN Wild Weekly. Brandon Molesky along with uh, Kevin Falness. Good evening to you, Kevin. Good evening, sir. You know, um, there was a point at one, at one point years ago where... KFM World Weekly is just like every Wednesday night pretty consistently. Now it gets bounced around a lot because there's so much going on on KFN. Uh, I'm very happy that we have Tuesday night to, to discuss the, uh, the Minnesota Wild because uh, they, they finally had a pretty darn good game last night. Yeah, if this was Saturday night Wild Weekly or Wild Fan Line, I may have jumped <laughs> off of the nearest bridge. Yeah. That was, uh, Tom and I were talking about it uh, at some point following that game that uh, – I mean, we've seen just about every game in the history of this franchise, and that might have been rock bottom. I mean, that's saying something. That might have been the worst game in the history of this franchise uh, start to finish. And to be able to bounce back 48 hours later, not knowing, having any idea what to expect in uh, the the finale of the three-game homestand, and to see that effort thrown out there and to be able to celebrate the way they did. I mean, you talk about polar opposites of the feeling from Saturday to Monday. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and the Saturday game, it wasn't even just the game either, right? It was the culmination of the night before they had blown the two-goal lead against Philadelphia in the third period. They lose that one in overtime. They had the two games against Dallas where they were not competitive at all and shocking power play and penalty kill an issue against the Dallas Stars. And it had finished off a four-game losing streak and losing eight of nine, and it just kind of all combined into that 6 nothing loss to Arizona where a former Minnesota Wild forward is getting a hat-trick and Nick Bukestad. So, uh, but at least we got some positivity to talk about. They beat, they beat the New York Islanders and played a, a very darn good game last night at Excel Energy Center. And obviously the, the main topic, Kevin, was uh, Marc-Andre Fleury passing up Patrick Waugh on the all-time wins list, and he did it in pretty darn good fashion, a 21-save shutout. Uh, wasn't overly busy. I thought the Wild dominated the game from from start to finish in terms of zone time, but he had a couple of big saves, including a, a, you know going side to side on a one timer. So he he came up big. He, he did. Am I still my favorite thing that I'm going to take away from Mark Andre Fleury until I'm in the ground and they're throwing dirt on me? The one thing I'm going to think about every time when I think about Mark Andre Fleury is that lunatic talking to his post. <laughs> At one point, they do they show a close up yep. of him while the play's going on. Yes. Getting right next to his crossbar and petting it and talking. Yeah, it's a good post. You're good. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, to me, that's what I'm going to take to my deathbed. When someone asked me what was it like working with, covering, and all that, uh, watching him perform in future Hall of Famer Mark Andre Fleury, that's the thing that's going to spring to mind. And his teammates love him. And it, it's not just the Minnesota Wild. It's every team that he's ever played for, whether it be for two minutes or for you know 15 years. Um, it's just it's it's been such an amazing run, and to see his name up there with Martin Brodeur and Patrick Waugh and these three French Canadian goaltenders, and him now right there at the top of the list with with Brodeur, it's it's just incredible. Su- such a cool story, and it's impossible not to root for the guy. Yeah, it's impossible not to like him. And, and you mentioned the uh, the post thing. Uh, I was at Excel Energy Center in in the on the side where Flurry plays the first and third period. So the one you're talking about. Uh, the puck goes off the post, and he like turns around to you know to pet the post or say thanks to the post, and the pl- the puck is still in the zone. The puck like went out to the point to the blue line, and the Islanders have possession. Here he is turning around, uh, and and the funny thing is, Kevin, like it never gets old. Like I, I get a no. smirk and a smile every single time he does it, and that's just you know not only has he had a terrific career, uh, 
clearly. He's second on the all-time wins list. He's He's been great over a long period of time. But the guy is just a very likable human being on top of it, which I'm sure you experience more than most. Yeah, I, well, I, and I, I don't know him like I would have known uh, some of the the. It's it's just a different world since yes. post COVID. But still, I mean, <clears throat> you watch him through your television screen. You listen to his interviews on the radio. Anytime you get an opportunity to talk to him, I mean, consume that moment because it's that great. A couple of other things that came out over the weekend in in two games that were you know complete polar opposites. The game against Arizona, he's so irritated and mad, he's actually joining in the uh, four-check. Uh, not the four-check, but he, <laughs> the breakout, he goes yeah. to the sidewall. Playing defense. Yeah. yeah, and he's he's basically the third defenseman. He's throwing bodies around. <laughs> he's he no business being that far out of his crease with the puck in his own end. But he's, I think, that irritated, and he just wants to get something sparked. And then even last night... Um, there was another moment that that was that was pretty funny that uh, where he's feeding Anders Lee his block. Yes. you know he's so irritated with them uh, crashing the crease. So, and he should I mean, have on that guy, one. Yeah, I mean he's darn near forty years old, and those are two examples of a guy that uh, just loves playing the game. I don't know. I got into Anders Lee last night, but uh, for a guy who's making a homecoming visit, uh, he was he seemed a little ornery. He had a, he had a couple moments last night. Yeah. He's sticking up for Bobby Brink. I think. He, he tried to he tried to get into Middleton as well. I think he thought Middleton took a little bit of an embellishment or dive on one of the penalties he got when they were on the four minute power play there in the third period. But um, all right, well, Mark Andre Fleur, great story. It was also great to see how the teammates reacted after the game is over because he not only did he win, Kevin, he does it with a shutout. He does it in the best fashion possible, and it was pretty cool to see uh, one just all the fans staying there and watching. Uh, what happened after the game? You didn't have too many people leaving uh, to get home and beat traffic, and to see his teammates genuinely happy for him was pretty cool. It's a historical night, and you know, no one was happier than Kevin Gorg talking to him at Sunrise. It's like he he just realized his boyhood dream or something like that yeah. uh, because finally, uh, but it had even, been though a long old, time even though he's coming. older than him, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what I mean? He, yeah, he just, yeah. Mr. Goaltender uh, loves everything goalie related, but. Um, you know, this has been a long time coming. We it feels like forever ago we celebrated a thousand games in the NHL, which, by the way, also was a mind blowing stat. But then to see the the ups and downs that more, more than him that the team has gone through in front of him, especially from an injury standpoint, uh, to finally get win number five fifty two, be able to put all this behind him, celebrated on February 9th when the Penguins are in town, and that's going to be pretty cool as well. But uh, it's it, it's nice he can put that in, but. We talked about this in the post-game show a little bit last night. Any coincidence in the fact that they get the shutout, the team is almost healthy, and it's the return of Jonas Brody. I was just going to bring that up. I have to think that things have been stabilized on the back end, and he was the benefactor of that. Like you said, it wasn't the busiest night ever, but he did make a couple of big saves, but the group in front of him were rock solid. Yeah, I was just going to mention the fact that uh, Kaprizov came back Saturday against Arizona and Brodeen back last night. And small sample here, Kevin. We're just picking apart one game. But, man, that blue line has been pretty bad all season long, Kevin, without Spurgeon and Brodeen for a good chunk of it. Brock Faber has been great. I think Middleton's had some pretty good moments throughout the year. But after that, it gets pretty thin. And, uh, you know, they had uh, Merrill in the press box last night, Goligoski in the press box last night, and both great guys, both nice human beings. Uh, you know, I love a lot of the initiatives Merrill has done off the ice uh, with this team. Obviously, Goligoski, one of us. But, man, it's it's been touched to watch specifically Merrill kind of get major minutes and keep kind of letting down. And he's not the only one. Uh, but just they just have had very little depth after their top pairing all season long, and, and it's pretty hard to survive doing that. 
Well, that's the beauty of uh, Jonas Brodin returning, and you're seeing it up front too. When when you can slot guys in the positions that they can be in, it it, it, it provides an opportunity for you to play the minutes that you're supposed to. And for you know Middleton and Faber, I think have been fantastic. I, I think maybe Faber is kind of feeling the effects of playing a full season now at 30 minutes a clip. Uh, I, I think that's starting to catch up with him a little bit. But now to be able to have Brodin, uh, he still looked Bogosian. pretty darn good last night. I get he's made a mistake or two more than just more. We expect perfection out of him because he set that bar. Um, I don't know. He still looks pretty darn good to me. Yeah. No, I believe me. But yeah. I'd like for him not to have to play 30 minutes. You sure. don't have a choice. When it's him and Middleton yeah. and nothing else, yeah. you have to play him 30 minutes a night. You dial that back a little bit. He gets to play at the top of his game for 20, 25 minutes. And then you get Jonas Brodin out there with Bogosian. I, I thought they looked okay. And, uh, you know, and then the, the third pair is what it is. I, I, I would love to see Damon Hunt get a run here to the finish I'm line. I'm with you. And unfortunately, that would come at the expense of uh, Goligoski or Merrill and, you know, through whoever you want. Mermis has looked pretty good, too, in the opportunities that he's got. But Mermis and Hunt on your third pair, that ain't going to hurt you. And it's all it's going to do is uh, benefit uh, Hunt for his future, whether it be the rest of this season and, and then, you know, going forward with as, as you try to improve upon, you know, some of the young guys. So. You know, it, 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 getting Brodeen back is just like a breath of fresh air. So so great to see him back out there again. I really hate agreeing with you, but I do agree with you on uh, Damon Hunt. I think it's time to get an extended look at him, and you know, he's definitely mobile. Like he can skate, and uh, yeah, um, would like to see an extended look at at him. Uh, and at this stage, <laughs> where they are in the standings, why not? Right? You, you, yeah. You either uh, you either make a run with him, uh, or if you don't, then well, let's let's take a look at what we got for the future. And we've uh, talked about this. There's, there's some more good guys coming from Iowa as well. O'Rourke is, uh, you know, just scored a big goal the other night. I don't think that's his forte. No. But still, that he's a guy that's uh, going to be knocking on the door here real quick. Carson Lambos, uh, you know, time is. It's just a matter of time before these three guys, you know, start making some noise here, and uh, it's going to be fun. Fun to see the future as it starts to arrive in, in St. Paul. It's fun to see Kirill Kaprizov back as well, um, and you know, Matt Zuccarello had come up a, a, pre, a couple games earlier than that. Just from a power play standpoint, they scored two power play goals last night, Kevin. Uh, we, we know the the vision and the playmaking Zuccarello has. We know what Kaprizov can do, um, kind of open things up for Boldy a little bit. It was. Um, it's nice to have those guys back and not have to depend on some of the guys they've had to depend over because, really, this team kind of went in the tank after Kaprizov got hurt in Winnipeg. You know, well, I, you know, it feels like this whole season turned on that first trip to, to Winnipeg. Think of what the record's been since then. Uh, they, they were on a nice little run prior to that. They go to Winnipeg, and everything starts to fall apart. You, you lose Gustafson, you lose Kaprizov, and... You know, since then it's been downhill outside of uh, last night. But uh, he gets joined up with uh, Zuccarello. Uh, I thought they had an awesome uh, play there to score the uh, Zuccarello goal in his 800th game in the National Hockey League. So, uh, but again, like we talk about the blue line, you get the right guys back, you start slotting them in the right spots, and hopefully this is the beginning of some good stuff coming here for for Minnesota. Uh, hopefully Saturday was the outlier, and Monday was more like the uh, team we remember. How do you like having this two day stretch off? It's been a while for you. That doesn't suck. <laughs> tell you that doesn't suck. It's very nice. Two days off, but then uh, two ba- two days back to back. The Wild on the road Thursday and Friday night, both in Florida. They're at Tampa Bay on Thursday night. That's a six o'clock start. Friday night, they're in Florida to take on the Panthers. Also a six o'clock start. Kevin Falness went inside that Minnesota Wild locker room. We'll hear from him and some Wild players next, right here on the fan. 
weekday mornings on FM 100.3 KFAN. The Fan. That finished the onslaught last night at XL Energy Center. Martin Luther King Day goes to the Minnesota Wild. They beat the Islanders 5-0. Welcome to KFN Wild Weekly, taking you the rest of the way. I'm Kevin Falness, and it was a 5-0 win last night for the Wild over the Islanders and a complete 180 from what we saw Saturday when the Wild got blown out by the Arizona Coyotes. Everything was feeling good. Everything was complete opposite from Saturday night. But the vibes were all about their future Hall of Fame goaltender, Marc-Andre Fleury. He's the A-topic. Here's a centering feet. Great save, Fleury. Robin Nelson. Listen to the crowd. Fleury's Fleury. Serenading the future Hall of Famer. Joe dancing, waiting, coming out in the stick side of Fleury with a tough angle try. Rebound hit Fleury. And somehow on his left pad, he's able to keep it out and keep the Islanders off the scoreboard. Move over, Patrick Waugh. Incredible numbers, just mind-boggling. It's not enough that he's got 1,007 games played in the NHL, which is a ridiculous number for a goaltender in and of itself. That shutout was number 74 of his National Hockey League career, and now 552 wins is second only to Martin Brodeur. Marc-Andre Fleury is the second winningest goaltender in the history of the National Hockey League. After the game, of course, that was the story of the game. Marc-Andre Fleury finally getting that victory. And if that isn't enough, afterwards he gets to go to center ice and talk to Kevin Gorg at Bally Sports North. Well, Mark Andre, so much fun to watch you compete. Number 552 tonight in the win column. How good does this feel? <laughs> thank you, thank you. Jeez. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad it's over. You know, I'm glad we can stop talking about it, but um, you know, it's about time we, we get that one. But uh, an honor, honor to, to be here in Minnesota, you know, from the fans. And, you know, it's been great all night, so that was, uh, that was awesome. And to do it at home. You mentioned the fans. This is a hockey-loving market. They not only love the game, but they know the history of the game. They know what this moment means. How special is it for you to do it at home in front of these fans? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's such a special moment for me, you know, for my family. Um, all the years, the sacrifice and stuff, you know. So, um, honor, honor to do it here with you guys and my, my teammates in the room, too. Little cherry on top of the Sunday is the shutout, number 74 in your career. Why did you start thinking about the the number 552 late in the game, and then maybe finishing it off right with the goose egg? <laughs> uh, didn't want to jinx myself, so I didn't think too much about the goose eggs. But uh, I was just happy to get a win. You know, it's been a little rough lately, and you guys are fighting hard. You know, trying to get some wins here, and um, you know, finally get some players back. You know, getting healthy again, and um, you know, I'm just happy to get a win. And how much can this help the team? you got a tough road trip ahead to get a win like this where you guys look like the team that rattled off 11 out of 14 when John Hines got here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Dallas is a good team, right? And I thought we, uh, we had the pocket a lot. We didn't give them much, right? We, we did take the play, right? So if we can keep playing that way, you know, playing loose, playing fast, right, I think we'll be in good shape. I'm so very happy for you. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Marc-Andre Fleury, awesome on the ice, better off it, and tonight he walks into the record books with win number 552.
Kevin Gorg celebrating with the fans at XL Energy Center following the 5-0 win over the Islanders. Uh, such a huge victory for so many different reasons. The flurry thing, of course, front and center to get win number 552 and now move forward on the season and get a chance to celebrate on February 9th when the Penguins are in town. Not only that 552nd win, but uh, thousands, more than a thousand games between the pipes uh, in the National Hockey League for a goaltender is, uh, again, a ridiculous uh, number. But this team needed a victory in the worst way, and they needed a response. I mean, when you talk about bottoming out, it's probably happened twice to this team this season. Once we got Dean Evison fired, and then the game on the Saturday was as bad as it's been. Um, the 6-0 loss to the Arizona Coyotes. They have the closed-door meeting. And they have the proper response. Whatever was said in the, inside that room, they said the right things because they put forth a 60-minute uh, effort on a two, on Monday night against the Islanders, and they come away with a victory. After the game on Saturday, one of the most vocal people outside that locker room after the closed-door meeting was Matt Zuccarelli. He probably had a vocal speaking part in that closed-door meeting. Well, now he gets a chance to celebrate with win number 800 in the National Hockey League and a chance to watch his Hall of Fame nutminder celebrate 552 wins. After last night's game, Joe O'Donnell caught up with our favorite Norwegian, Matt Zuccarello, to talk about the win, Marc-Andre Fleury, and more. Faber works at the Zuccarello. Game show continues here from XL Energy Center. Joe O'Donnell back here with you, joined by the game-winning goal scorer tonight. As it turns out, Matt Zuccarello, but I'm sure front of your mind is getting that done for your teammate Mark Andre Fleury. Passes Patrick Waugh, second most all-time wins. What were the emotions like right after the game? Oh, just a great achievement, and uh, be able to be here for that. And and you know, Flower's such a big part of a group, and and. Amazing guy, even a better guy than a hockey player. So uh, that says a lot. You've seen a lot in your long career. By the way, congrats on 800 games. Um, yeah, I think but, I thought you forgot it. You know, <laughs> of course all, all not. talk about Flower. Of course not. But for a goaltender to reach a thousand games and be second all time in wins, uh, what's that say about his compete, his drive, and and obviously as we've heard so much about his passion for the game. Yeah, no, it's it's unbelievable. You know, he's. Uh, Every day, he's got a smile on on his uh, face. He he's a positive guy. He he's just a really likable guy. Uh, after playing so many games, so many years, I, I don't think I've ever seen him have a bad bad day. So he he just uh, brightens everyone up, you know. And uh, tough days in that what what you have in this league, but he just never seems to have them. So uh, it's just a really. Good accomplishment, and so proud of him and, and his family, and to be a part of it is uh, pretty good. What do you like most about the win tonight? Uh, that we got to win. Uh, you know, it's 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 always tough when you lose in this league, and, and especially when you lose a couple uh, in some tough ways, and, and you start doubting yourself and losing confidence. So it's just important for us to to get a win here and, and, and just get some positivity in the, in the group and, and and hopefully we can build on this moving forward. How nice was it to have Jonas Brodeen back in the lineup? Oh, that's always nice. You know, uh, uh, he skates like no no one else in this league and he's, he's a really important part of our group. So um, every time you're missing a key player like that, it's, it's uh, real tough. Congrats on the power play goal to get things rolling here tonight in the 5 nothing win. Again, uh, 800 games for you. I'm sure you're 
trying to get to that 1,000-game plateau and beyond as well. So thanks for doing this. Congrats on the victory. Thank you very much. That's Matt Zuccarello outside the wild dressing room. Minnesota wins it 5-0 tonight. Back to you, Kevin. Joe, thank you so much. Joe O'Donnell outside the wild room following the 5-0 win over the New York Islanders and win number 552 for Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, they touched on the fact Jonas Brodeen returned to the lineup. Um, that's huge. You know, at one point, not that long ago, the Wild were without seven regulars. You got Kaprizov and Gustafson back on Saturday. Now with the return of Jonas Brodeen, things are starting to fall back in order, like we talked about with uh, Brandon Molesky in the last segment. It feels like things are starting to come back together, and this is the team that, uh, you know, won 11 of 14 under John Hines before the, that trip to that, that fateful trip to Winnipeg back on December 30th. The Wild have won just two games since then, since they, they got injured and beaten up in, in Winnipeg. And now maybe, now that you got guys back in the lineup where they're supposed to be, maybe now they can go on a nice little run. They'll need it. They're way back of the top eight in the Western Conference and that final wild card spot. So if they want to get going, they got to do it right now uh, as the second half continues. And it continues on Thursday night when the Wild travel to Tampa Bay. Pre-game at 545 on the network. KFAN here in the Twin Cities will join straight up at 6 o'clock. Same thing on Friday from sunrise when the Wild take on the Florida Panthers. That's all the time for tonight. Thanks for checking us out on KFAN Wild Weekly. We'll be back again next week. And we'll also be back on Thursday when the Wild travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Lightning. For Brandon Molesky, I'm Kevin Falness. Thanks for listening to another edition, an award-winning edition of KFAN Wild Weekly.